Well, welcome. Welcome to episode one of Welcome to Federal Workers' Compensation Coffee Break Podcast. Glad to have you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Dr. Taylor. Looking forward to getting to know you. Glad you stopped by. I uh, decided to do this podcast after a lot of years of people telling me not to do it. And so I uh, decided, well, that's uh, what I wanted to do. I wanted to give it away. I've been doing this for a long time, so I decided that I'm going to stop um, practicing here in the next 10 years. And I'd like to give this stuff away as I go forward. And so in order to do that, I decided the best way for me to do it was to try to get give back to all these wonderful people that have helped me have a career doing this, doctors and hospitals and nurses and therapists and patients for 29 years. I've been doing this for uh, a long time, and I wanted to do this as, a, as to give back to you guys. So let's talk a little bit about the podcast itself, but before we start doing that, we always want to start this podcast by getting our coffee going. So let's get that coffee going. And let's get started in. So I'm an OWCP consultant. I work for the one of the largest federal health care law firms in the country, Oberheiden Law Firm. I've been with them for about 20 years. I've been doing this for anywhere from 25 to 29 years, depending on which branch of it I've been doing. As an OWCP consultant, I've been doing 26 years, working and assisting with clients in the workers' comp federal arena. I also have done state comp and other different divisions of healthcare consulting and federal healthcare compliance consulting. I've decided to start giving back to all you government workers and other uh, doctors willing to treat government workers by doing this free podcast to assist you with all types of government-related healthcare filings and bureaucratic denials. The only thing I ask for here at the podcast is that if you find this information to be helpful, leave a review, share the podcast with others, and maybe even send me an email let me know how it worked out for you or how you benefited from this free information. Now, here at this podcast, we discuss all sorts of topics related to Federal Workers' Comp, Department of Labor, OWCP, FECA Act, FERS, Longshore, Maritime, Federal Workers' Comp, Department of Labor, uh, DOD contractors, VA benefits, um, Wartime Compensation Hazard Act, uh, VA benefits, everything. I cover these relevant topics in a short coffee break style format, similar to Lunch and Learn, because we like to discuss topics that are related to helping you, the government employee or contractor, with filing your claim, understanding your rights and responsibility, relevant rules and provisions, and mostly I like to cover topics that people are always asking me questions and wanting information on to help you successfully navigate it, navigate the convoluted waters of federal claim filing. Now, I do this to assist you and your doctor or your co-workers with claim filing denials with appropriate filing of benefit claims, disability, or injured workers claims. So the first thing we want to do if we're going to start off with podcast number one is let's talk about the majority of the types of claims. So we're going to start out with federal work injury claims first. Now, in types of claims, there's, there's three to four basic types of claims. There's the traumatic injury claim, there's the occupational disease, and under occupational disease claims, there's basic and extended. Then there's death claims, which can be traumatic, exposure, consequential to accepted claims, death gratuity for injuries occurred in connection with service with an armed force, or there are recurrences. 
and there's recurrences of injuries or disability. And then lastly, there's consequential injuries. These type of claims, we're going to go into great detail as each podcast will be dedicated to each individual type of claim. Today, let's just go over a general review of all these claims to get you familiar with the terminology. Now, a traumatic injury claim is defined as a wound or other condition caused by a specific event or series of events or incidents. But here's the kicker. It all happened within a single workday or work shift. That makes it a traumatic injury. Now, a traumatic injury is identifiable as to time and place and or occurrence and member or function of the body affected. An example would be, let's say you got a knee strain after you tripped and fall. Uh, next strain after being in a motor vehicle accident, or a dog bites you as a postman, or you break your ankle on a slipping on ice walking at work. Those are all traumatic incidents. They're all filed with a CA form. Now, we call official forms in federal workers' comp CA form. They have different names under different divisions of government, and we'll cover that in other podcasts. But under Federal Workers' Comp, and OWCP and Department of Label, Labor, sorry, uh, it, they're called Form CAs, and Traumatic Injury Notice of Injuries are called CA1s. One for one shift. It happened on one shift. So a CA1 should be completed by the injured employee and or your supervisor or what they call Injury Compensation Specialist or NHR. Now, the next kind of filing is called an occupational disease or injury. Now, an occupational disease is defined as a condition produced in the work environment over a period longer than one workday or shift, and it may result from anything from repeated stress and strain conditions to being exposed to um, uh, infections or harmful chemical environment. All of these can be occupational disease or illness. Now, there's two types. There's OWCP. Uh, basic and extended. They separate these occupational disease claims in these two types, and we'll go through it in just a second, but they have to be filed under a form CA2, Notice of Occupational Disease. Why? Because it has to take two or more days. It's a date range, not a one-shift, one-day incident. That's why they called a form, a C, form CA2, two or more shifts date range, at a minimum in order to file. In other words, you don't happen over one day. It happens over two or more days, months, or years. Now, occupational disease basic. Let's understand. And these type of claims of work exposure and the medical conditions are well established, and the relation between them is pretty apparent. These cases can be adjudicated with an initial request for information and perhaps a follow-up query for clarification. Some will clearly address all five basic requirements, which we'll go over later in another podcast. And they may be adjudicated if all necessary evidence is in the file. Example would be, uh, how about a claim for carpal tunnel syndrome from a letter carrier sorting machine operator where medical tests establish a diagnosis? Tendonitis of the shoulder was developed from the duties of a transportation security administration worker because he's lifting heavy luggage over several days and months and he develops tendonitis in the shoulder. That would be your basic occupational disease injury CA2. Now, an occupational disease extended would be different in this way. And these type of claims, comprehensive, well, comprehensive factual and medical development 
is more required because the nature of exposure is in question. So the diagnosis is not clearly identified and or the relationship of the condition to the exposure is not obvious. These oftentimes will require second opinion evaluations and very detailed history witness statements by you and your doctor to tell the story of the exposure. And they're a lot harder to uh, get approved. Um, the decision can be made on entitlement. An example in these would be uh, like hearing loss due to continuous noise exposure over many days, months, and years. Asbestos-related illness because you worked in an environment where there's a lot of asbestos and they, you had a latent illness it took many years to manifest. Uh, stress-related conditions like cardiac, emotional, gastrointestinal stress. Those would all be considered extended occupational illness or disease. Now, there's another one, which is death claims. And death claims, you have three basic types. You have the traumatic, which is the result of a traumatic injury. And that would be an example where, you know, the you, the government worker, died, say, in a car accident or in a work-related accident. The second one would be uh, an exposure. The exposure would be where you died uh, or your loved one died, that's a government worker, because of the results of, say, prolonged exposure to work factors like radiation or asbestos. They develop asbestosis and they die years later, That or mesothelioma. That would be a exposure death. Now, another one would be consequential. Consequential death claims, they would begin as a traumatic injury and occupational disease, but over time, you as the injured worker, you pass away as a consequence of the original occupational disease. Like you got asbestos, you got a CA2 that was approved, and then you end up developing mesothelioma and lung cancer and you die from it. Now you have a separate death claim as a consequence. It'd be a consequential death claim. Now, another one that's not as common and most people don't know a lot about is called recurrence injuries. Now, recurrence injuries are not reoccurrences. It's recurrence. It's a medical legal term that means that when you have a recurrence, you have a spontaneous change in an existing medical condition without an intervening injury or new exposure. That means it's a recurrence. You don't know why, but it came back. Now, there's two types. There's a recurrence of medical condition, which need for additional treatment after release from treatment, or it can be a recurrence of disability. That's where it came back, your injury that was accepted, you haven't been treated for it in years or months or whatever, and suddenly it comes back and it hurts in the same area, but nothing happened differently, it just came back. And now you're going to be on restricted duty or you might miss some work. That would be a recurrence of disability. Now, these are all done with a special form called a CA-2A, which is a notice of recurrence. And that should be completed by you, the injured employee, and your work agency supervisor or injury comp specialist. Now, let's talk about occupational injury called a consequential injury. This is another one very few people understand well, and it's a commonly misunderstood and misfiled and denied claim. Now, consequential injuries occur because that some level of weakness or further impairment is caused by an original work-related injury, and it may affect the exact same body part as the original injury or a different injury altogether. An example would be, let's say you have an accepted knee injury, and the knee injury causes you to limp for several years. And the limping caused biomechanical changes to your gait, causing internal derangement 
in the mechanical structures of movement, and now you develop degeneration in the knee that's an expansion of the original tear or the original sprain. Now you have a further extensive injuries because the way you walk from your original injuries caused you to have a limp that's constitutionally a, um, a biomechanical extent of injury that has further deteriorated into a consequential injury. All right, now let's review some basics of what we've gone over and the basic ways of filing. All right, so let's talk about it. First of all, we talked about in this podcast that the basics of filing, there are employee notifications to employer and or OWCP of an injury with basically three types of claim forms. CA1, traumatic injury, CA2, occupational illness or injury, or CA2A, recurrences. Now, form CA-1 is used for a notification of traumatic injury because what we said, that's a one-time incident that happened on one shift or one day. Now, you got to notify your employer, give the employer form a CA-1. You'll fill out the CA-1, and we'll show you how to do that in another podcast. Once you complete the form, you have two choices how to complete it, by the way. You can fill it out on the e-comp portal electronically, which we'll go over in another podcast. Or you can provide a copy to your OWCP and fill it out right there at work. Now, the employer must send their section of the claim form because there's a page one and page two of the CA-1. And that report has to be filed through the, the e-comp portal of the employer within 10 days. Hey, that's the law. Now, there's a second type of form that we talked about, which is a CA-2, which is a notification of occupational disease and or injury. And this claim is for compensation because it happened over a date range of two or more shifts, days, weeks, months, years. Now, you can also electronically file this one in the e-comp portal or mail it to OWCP. Now, there are uh, things to remember about filing a form CA-2 that are a little bit different. First, employees need to type and sign a witness statement as to the how, why, where, when, and what occurred during this this period of time. Because remember, this didn't happen as an accident. This occurred as a cumulative injury over a period of time of two or more shifts. And sometimes it's weeks, months, and years. You have to tell that story. And your story is imperative to successfully file in a CA-2. Secondly, you have to get a treating doctor to give medical rationale with a causation narrative explaining how this cumulative trauma, injury, or exposure is related to work-related, usual and customary duties over a date range, and you have to attach that with a Form CA-35A. And by the way, CA-35s are checklists. That's what they are, and we'll go over that in another podcast. All right. The third type of claim injury filing that we've talked about is filing a form CA-2A, Notice of Recurrence. Now, you can also file this electronically in the eComp portal, or you can mail it to OWCP. There are two recurrence filing tips here that I want you to remember for a CA-2A form. First, you're going to need an employee's typed narrative witness statement of facts. Again, you're going to give a witness statement and sign it. And again, how, why, where, when, and what occurred. Um, your physician's medical rational causation narrative is also to be included. And remember, in a recurrence, you're not saying you have a new injury or you have a new incident. You're saying that what's wrong with me that hasn't bothered me for a period of time and I haven't really been treated, it's back. And I don't know why it's back. There was no intervening incident or injury. It's just come back and it's becoming problematic while I'm working. That's a recurrence. Now, what happens next? First of all, 
When you file these types of claims, what's going to happen is OWCP will assign you two things. They'll assign you one, a claim number, and two, they'll assign you a designated claims examiner. And they'll notify you through ECOMP and through mail. But lately, it's trending more and more that everything's being done in ECOMP. But you can opt out of ECOMP, and we'll talk about that in another podcast. Now, things to note about these two things. Number one, when you receive an OWCP claim number, that does not mean that your claim is accepted. Number two, when your claim is accepted, you should get an acceptance letter listing all the the accepted conditions. Make sure that everything that's wrong with you is accepted in that report filing. Because often what they'll do in OWCP is they will give you minimally accepted conditions or they'll cherry pick what they want to accept. Be careful here. Common problem. Make sure everything is accepted, and if not, have your physician write what's called an upgrade or a consequential condition request medical narrative. Now, your claims examiner is a judge for your claim. It is best to correspond in writing in ECOMP and to keep proof of all conversations. And guys, if you ever remember anything, remember this. Keep a diary of all communications. When you call somebody and they you leave a message and they're supposed to call you back within 48 hours, which is federal law, and they don't, your diary is evidence. And you have to request from them when you make uh, contact with your claims examiner, get their, their phone number, their direct line, their email, and their fax number. Get three points of communication contact. And then also ECOMP portal, you can submit in writing in the ECOMP portal, which is a fourth way. You need to have multiple ways to reach your claims examiner because they're famous for saying they never heard from you or they don't they, they, they didn't get a call or they didn't get the message. You got to protect yourself, but you also have to know your rights. Now, because the OWCP rules and provisions, they have rights and responsibilities and you have responsibility. Let me tell you some of your rights and responsibility, and we'll get into the rights and responsibilities of OWCP and the claims examiner. First of all, as an injured employee, you have the right to select your first treating physician. Under OWCP DFE DFEC procedure rules, you have the sole right to select your first physician. Now, OWCP is administrative law requiring your physician's documentation. Under OWCP, your treating doctor's medical opinion has higher probative legal value. Your physician that you choose must be an expert in federal medical legal rules and provisions and be able to provide you with an OWCP medical rationale narrative and form. Temporary total disability form for payments, the CA forms to keep you off work like 5Cs and 17s get you paid while off work. Work restrictions and work accommodations have to be filled out appropriately in order for you to be reimbursed. You need to find people that know how to fill out these appropriate CA forms. Getting OWCP to pre-approve payment for your treatment test surgeries and things that you need is something that's hard to do if you're not well-versed in medical rules and provisions of OWCP. And you got to be careful that you don't choose wrong people who are going to ask you to pay for things you're not supposed to pay for. And you should not pay for anything when you have a claim that is accepted. So I'm protecting you from that type of harassment and from having to pay for money that you shouldn't be paying for on your medical bills or reports. Now, unfortunately, medical legal report writing and OWCP rules and provisions are not similar to classic medical training report writing, and they're not taught in the medical schools. 
So it is not uncommon for injured employees to have a physician for surgery and a treating physician who fills out all the forms and provides OWCP with required documentation. So you may need multiple doctors. You need a primary doctor like me, a gatekeeper who does all the forms and, and files the appropriate CA forms. And then you can go see specialists who you can see that just do medical care and then we'll help as primary gatekeepers getting stuff approved and filing appropriate forms. So it's a team, but it's typically not a good idea to get people who don't fill out those forms, like surgeons, to be your treating doctor. Now, OWCP doesn't have the right to force you to go to your first doctor. You can choose who you want, and you can change your treating physician simply by sending a letter to OWCP or by the ECOMP online portal or by mail by with the reason you're changing. But OWCP does have the right to send you to second opinion exams and request reports, but not mandate where you go for your treatments unless you agree. So you're not forced to go anywhere for treatment. That's your right. That is not their right. Now, under treatment, under CA1 acute injuries, employers can authorize treatment initially with what's called a form CA16. Now, if your employer denies treatment, you can still go to the physician or facility of your choice. But you also have federal rights that are protected that are grievable, and we'll go over that in future podcasts. Now, for acute injuries, meaning brand new injuries, you may initially see the employer's physician and then follow up with the physician of your choice. Again, that is your choice. You don't have to go to the occupational medicine doctor at your company, your company doctor. Now, CA2 and CA2A claims, the the occupational illness or disease or recurrence, only OWCP authorizes treatment. Your physician gets authorization from OWCP in these type of filings. There's no CA16 that guarantees you treatment immediately upon your filing. Now, denial of claims, there's three paths to successful claim filing. First of all, guys, don't give up. OWCP is famous for just driving you crazy and delaying and delaying to help you give up. Help is here. You know how to reach me. OWCP rules and provisions are very fair, but OWCP claims examiners are not going to be helpful or fair. Okay, it's just a reality. Have you ever been to the DMV? Do you ever find any of those people being really happy to see you and be fair to you? Exactly. The problem is that many physicians are not familiar with OWCP, and that results in claims examiners denying claims due to simple language descriptions that are required in federal workers' compensations that are not required in the real world. And so typical medical doctor reports and medical reports are not going to be sufficient. They don't understand the verbiage that's required. Those of us who are trained and well-versed in OWCP rules and provisions know how to help you with that. So find the right place to go. Now, remember, reconsiderations are done in writing if you're going to appeal a denial. So the first method, your physician provides a new medical, legal, narrative, and rational report, and you can appeal these type of reconsiderations up to four times. There's also oral hearings that are my favorite. They're often successful by phone or live in person, and your physician, yourself, and a representative can provide case-related testimony to assist in breakdowns of communication and denials. There's last one called ECAP. Employees' Compensation Appeals Board. Now, judges are supposed to be fair and knowledgeable, but trust me, be careful. I don't find this to be true and typical in the ECAB appeals, and I use them as a last resort. But we'll talk about it in future podcasts. All right, let's see if you've been paying attention. Let's review. 
Traumatic injury is defined as a wound or other condition of the body caused by a specific event or series of events or incidents within what? A single workday or work shift. What form do we use? A CA-1. And that should be used to provide notice of a traumatic injury and you have responsibilities on that form to fill out and your employing agency has responsibilities. All right. Now, occupational disease or injury is defined as a condition produced in the work environment over what? A period longer than one workday or shift. So two shifts or more. Date ranges can be days, weeks, months, and years. What form do we use? A CA-2. And that should be used to provide notice of an occupational disease. Now, death claims can be the result of a traumatic injury, prolonged exposure, or a consequence of an initial accepted traumatic injury or occupational illness. There are two types of injury claim recurrences. Remember, you can have a recurrence of either your medical condition or recurrence of disability. Both are acceptable, but you have to file them under a form CA2A. Now, a consequential injury occurs because you develop a further weakness or further impairment caused by your originally accepted work-related injury directly leading to further injury of your originally accepted condition. It may affect the same body part or an adjacent or different body part based on simply the nature of your injury. All right, guys. I think we covered a lot in the beginning. I think you get the gist of what we're trying to do here. But to be honest with you, I think we've covered enough and I look forward for you to come back and get more details about this kind of stuff. So I think that does it for our first episode of Federal Workers' Comp Coffee Break Podcast. So I want to thank you for listening. I want to remind you to share this podcast with other federal workers you think would benefit from this information. Hey, also be kind and leave me a review on the platform, please. That's how people find this podcast. So help others find this information if you think it's been beneficial. Now, also, if you need a new approved medical provider for your DOL, OWCP, or Longshore case in Florida, you can find me in Tampa, Pensacola, and Atlanta, Georgia. To make a consultation with me to discuss your case, or if you know someone if in Florida who, uh, or Florida or Atlanta, uh, who's recently injured, you can call the clinic at 813-877-6900, or you can go to my website, fedcompconsultants.com or mrtherapycenter.com. Also, if you're in another state and you want me to assist you with claim assistance or assistance for your doctor, you can email me at fedcompconsultants at protonmail.com or send me a message on the website at fedcompconsultants.com. All right, guys. I need to warm up this coffee and get going. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to you coming back. And as usual, I want to thank all of you guys who are here, who put on that uniform, that badge, deliver that mail, take care of our veterans, and make this big government run. This is my big thank you to you. I do this for free, just for you. Trust me, we could not do all this without all the work that all of you out there do. So this is my big thank you. And remember, if you have an injured federal claim and you need assistance, I'm here to help. All right, see you next time. Off to get my coffee.